The character of Sherlock Holmes first appeared over 130 years ago. While many other characters have been forgotten, Sherlock Holmes remains iconic to this day. He has appeared in plays, radio dramas, television shows, and films. The audio drama you are about to hear is an original Sherlock Holmes story. So, put on your thinking cap and enjoy the show. Mary, do you want some more champagne? No, thank you. I haven't finished this glass. How's the happy couple? Oh, there you are, Victor. I was wondering where you'd gotten to. I was wooing the Lady Violet on the terrace. Not very successfully, I'm sorry to say. Your mother's outdone herself with this party, Victor. It's even more impressive than last time. Well, I'll tell her that you said that. Entertaining is her pride and joy. Speaking of parties, the wedding's soon, isn't it? Yes, in three months. I'm so excited. Ah, yes, Charles always was the ladies' man. Getting the prettiest girl in London. Oh. I'm the luckiest man in the world. Charles. What? Who's that woman? Woman? What, what woman? Over there. She keeps looking over at us, although she's pretending not to. Who are you looking at? Oh, that's Flora Jones. Uh, am I supposed to know who that is? Well, everyone seems to. She's quite the actress. I saw her in Macbeth recently, and uh, she stole the show. Uh, I should introduce you. Please don't, Victor. I always find actors terribly boring. <laughs> Maybe I'll try my hand. I am the best-looking man in the place. Lady Violet hardly seemed to think so. It's very ungentlemanly of you to kick a fellow when he's down. Maybe I'll have better luck this time. Excuse me. It's a wretched night out there, Mr. Holmes. Make no mistake. I'm soaked through. I wasn't expecting it to rain. I could have told you it was going to, Mrs. Hudson. Well, I wish you would have, Mr. Holmes. It's going to take a month of Sundays to dry myself out. Would you be so kind as to bring me a pot of tea? Tea? Mr. Holmes, I think it's high time you learned to fix tea yourself. Leave the expert to their domain, Mrs. Hudson. And what happened to this room since I left? I straightened up just this morning. Since Dr. Watson is away on his honeymoon, I took it upon myself to organise some old case files. If this is what you call organising, Mr. Holmes... Mrs. Hudson, I distinctly remember discussing tea a moment ago. You'll have to wait until I get into some dry things. And would you get the door? I suppose I so expertly answer the door, there's no reason for you to do that either. Precisely. Thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Come right through here, sir. Dreadful evening, isn't it? I was just saying that to Mr. Holmes. A gentleman to see you, Mr. Holmes. Good evening, sir. I see you had the foresight to carry an umbrella. Take note, Mrs. Hudson. Mr. Holmes, I am sorry to call so late. Please don't concern yourself. Will you sit? Oh, thank you. And what may I do for you, Mr... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, lettering. Charles Lettering. Well, it's rather... You see... That your newly married have recently moved to the countryside and have also lost your watch. Although the last is of no importance. Why, you're quite right. But I don't see how you knew. 
As for the first, your wedding ring is from Grimblin Fleet, a fashionable but relatively new jeweler. Their work is quite distinctive. As for the country, your clothes obviously suggest it. However, your mustache and demeanor are too urbane, suggesting a man who lives in the country but is accustomed to the city. What about the watch? As to that, you reached into your waistcoat pocket when you apologized for coming so late, presumably to glance at the time. You'd forgotten it was gone. Very impressive. I'm afraid I couldn't tell you a thing about people. At least not anything accurate. You must have a good eye. It is what one sees and what one puts together. But I think, Mr. Lettering, that you came to tell me something. Yes. I came to you because... Well, if it was just the one thing that happened, I wouldn't have bothered. But with all the rest... Perhaps if you could tell me what has happened. Well, as you already know, I, I'm recently married. Girl of my dreams, really. Everything started out wonderfully. But then... I started having these dreams. Dreams? Yes. Normally I don't believe in that sort of thing. Warnings, future predictions and all that. What's happened has caused me to wonder. Mr. Lettering, if perhaps you could contain yourself to the facts. This preamble is getting us nowhere. Now, if you please. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, these are recurring nightmares. I was out walking, and I saw a folly. Miniature. Greek temple sort of thing, and there was a palpable feeling of evil. Then, in the folly, I saw a hooded figure standing over something. I got closer, and I saw it was standing over a body. My body. Then, the figure started to come towards me. I tried to run, but couldn't get away. It's the most horrible kind of feeling you only get in a dream. Then I awoke. And you think these dreams mean something? Well, uh, I don't know. You see, we recently moved to our home in Surrey. There's a lot of wooded parkland behind the house. My wife and I were doing a bit of exploring. We were in a bit of the woods I hadn't been in, and suddenly it was there. The folly. And there was the same feeling of evil. And then? I didn't tell my wife what was happening at the time. I didn't want her worrying. I was rather afraid I was going mad. Then I started getting letters. Letters? Yes, threatening letters. Of course, I had to tell Mary, my wife, then. That only made things worse. She... She started having odd dreams, too. And letters started being addressed to her. She started hearing scratching on the walls and other strange noises in the house. One day, I came back from the village and found her petrified. She'd locked herself in the bedroom, certain that someone had been trying to break into the house. It had been the servant's day out, so she'd been alone. Except for Mrs. Brown, our housekeeper. 
she, Mrs. Brown, was in the kitchen and didn't hear anything. Frankly, I'm terrified, Mr. Holmes. I'm terrified for me and even more so for my wife. These letters, do you have them with you? Oh, they're, they're here. Thank you. Mr. Lettering, is there anyone who bears you or your wife a grudge? Anyone you can think of who would want to send you threatening letters? No, nobody. You have no theories as to why this might be happening? I don't know, I tell you. I've racked my brains trying to think. Besides your wife, have you told anybody about the dreams? No, of course not. People would think I was mad, wouldn't they? Sometimes I wonder if perhaps the whole thing is some dream, some delusion. But that can't be so. Very interesting. Mr. Lettering, I will take your case. There are certain points which are of interest. I would be curious to meet your wife. I think it could be illuminating. I suppose that that could be arranged. I could bring her to London. It would be good for her to get away. Excellent idea. Perhaps early next week? The sooner the better. Well, thank you. Mr. Holmes. And if you get any more letters, please bring them with you when you return. Yes, I will. Thank you. I can find my own way out. Have a good evening, sir. What did you say to him, Mr. Holmes? The man looked like he'd seen a ghost. What have you got there? I distinctly remember you saying how you had to change from your wet clothes. Yet here you are, still in them. I got caught up in looking through the post. Of which there was very little of interest, I suspect. In answer to your question, they are letters. I am watching you from the folly and you cannot escape. Beware of the folly, you will never be safe. I will get you. The darkness is closing in. Run, but you'll never escape. I must say, it gives me the creeps. As I'm sure it was intended to, Mrs. Hudson. Well, I can't stand around here talking. I must change. Don't forget about the tea. I'd be most disappointed not to have it. Charles? Charles? Darling, are you there? Who's there? Charles, where are you? Charles, Charles, where are you? Charles. Good morning, Mr. Holmes. Here's your breakfast. Thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Is there anything else? Are you expecting anyone today, Mr. Holmes? Is there anyone in particular you're thinking of? Well, I wondered if you'd ever heard from the gentleman who was here last Thursday. Mr. Lettering? 
No. You seem to have taken rather an interest in this. Well, it was a very strange story. I thought you were doing more than looking through the post. Well, I did start out looking through it, but the man's voice did carry. Naturally. No matter, Mrs Hudson. I somehow doubt we've heard the last of him. I do wonder what's behind it all. Perhaps that's him now. Oh, for once you're wrong. It's a lady. Please show her it. What a pity it's too early for the posts to have arrived. Really, Mr Holmes? I do hope Mr Holmes doesn't mind I'm disturbing him so early. But it's an urgent matter. Of course not. With the amount of disturbance Mr Holmes causes around here, he'd have no right to complain, even if it were. A lady to see you, Mr Holmes. Thank you, Mrs Hudson. Good morning, Mrs Lettering. How did you know who I was? The wedding ring. It matches the one your husband had. Yes. I knew he'd come here. That's why I had to come and see you. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Have you had any breakfast? Mrs Hudson makes an excellent omelette. Oh, no, thank you. I I couldn't eat anything. Mr Holmes, I had to come and see you because... My husband is missing. Missing? For how long? Since yesterday morning. I thought he'd just gone out, but he didn't return last night. I've heard nothing from him and nobody's heard anything and- Calm yourself, Mrs. Lettering. Have some tea. Thank you. Now, let's start from the beginning. You noticed he was gone yesterday morning. Yes. At first I thought he'd gone to the village or something, but when it was late afternoon and he hadn't come back, I became quite worried. Are you all right, madam? Oh, Mrs. Brown. Yes, I... My husband hasn't come in yet, has he? I don't think so, madam. This is so unlike him. Not to leave a note or tell anyone he was going somewhere. I'm sure he just forgot. He'll be in by dinner, I'm sure. Yes, of course. I think I'll go up to my room for a little while. Please tell me if Mr. Lettering returns, will you? Of course, madam. Oh, Charles. What is that? Mrs. Brown! Mrs. Brown! What's wrong, madam? Someone's outside! They threw a rock through the window! Now, calm down, madam. Mr. Standish? Mr. Standish? What's going on? Someone's just thrown something through Mrs. Lettering's window. See if anyone's outside. Absolutely shocking. What on earth is this world coming to? Now then, madam, don't worry. Mr. Standish will take care of it. Come with me and I'll make you some tea. Uh, No, I think brandy would be better. But there was no one outside. The police came, but there wasn't much they could do. They said there had been various reports of vandalism in the village recently, and they didn't seem very concerned about Charles. They said people disappear every day, and there is usually no harm. But I know something dreadful has happened. You seem to be the only person I could turn to. 
So I got on the first train I could and came. Mrs. Lettering, I asked your husband this, and I'll ask you as well. Can you think of any reason behind this? Anyone who wishes you ill? Not that I know of. But someone must. The letters and the dead animals. Dead animals? It was terrible. Dead animals started appearing at the folly. It feels like there's an evil presence watching all the time. Tell me more about this folly. It's a rundown thing. We came upon it one day quite by accident. Charles seemed quite disturbed, but I couldn't understand why. Then, of course, later he told me about the dreams. It seemed quite different after that. An atmosphere of evil. I see. And how did you come to settle upon this particular house? A friend of Charles's told him about it. Some distant relation who was moving to New Zealand or somewhere was selling it. Charles's family had to sell their ancestral home when he was a boy. We were trying to find a place to call our own. Fortunately, I have a very large inheritance, so we were able to get this quite easily. I take it Mr. Lettering's family is impoverished gentry? Yes. I don't know all the details, but there was lots of debts after Charles's father died. You do hear about that happening quite often. Yes, indeed. And there's no one who resented you buying the house? Not that I know of. I simply can't fathom any of it. I also brought these. I don't know how much Charles has told you, but we both started getting letters. These were addressed to me. Yes, your husband showed me letters he had received. These obviously are from the same hand. And neither of you told anyone about these dreams? A doctor? Anyone? Oh, no. Charles wouldn't dream of going to a doctor. We went to the police about the letters, but of course we didn't mention the dreams. I think there could be a great evil behind this, Mrs. Lettering. And it is essential that I should come down to your house as soon as possible. Yes, yes, of course. I believe there is a train leaving in an hour and a half. We should have plenty of time to catch it. Your visit has cleared things up a great deal, Mrs. Lettering. I now see a definite direction. What direction? The dreams are an interesting point. What do you make of them, Mrs. Lettering? Was your husband an imaginative sort of man? No, not at all. He's not the sort of person to be frightened by dreams. In fact, it's quite the opposite. That's one of the reasons it frightened me. I'm curious about your staff. Have they all been with you long? No, not really. We engaged them when we bought the house, but they all have good references and are highly respectable. You think one of them might be involved? There doesn't seem to be any motive for them to be, certainly. But one must explore many avenues. Now, the first thing I intend to do at your home is to see this spectral of the dreams, the folly. Well? It was quite ordinary. As you said, rather overgrown, but utterly unremarkable. However, I did discover this. It's one of Charles's handkerchiefs. Perhaps he dropped it there. But what on earth would he be doing there? Something must have happened to him, Mr. Holmes. Calm yourself, Mrs. Lettering. Excuse me, madam, but I wanted to tell you that tea is ready. Are you all right? Yes, I'm... 
Perhaps you'd better lie down for a while, madam. I'll bring some tea up to you. I think that's an excellent idea, Mrs. Brown. Once you've attended Mrs. Lettering, would you be so kind as to have a word? Certainly, sir. <sighs> well, I think she's all right for the time being. She's resting. You seem very capable, Mrs. Brown. <laughs> I do my best, sir. I do have some questions to put to you. Yes, sir. Could you tell me about Mr. Lettering's behavior lately? Well, he was very nervous and upset, quite unlike his usual self. He had a cheerful disposition? Well, he's a very steady sort of person. Certainly not what one would call nervy. I didn't know all the particulars of what was happening, but of course, one hears things. What did you hear? Well, I know there were threatening letters of some kind. Mrs. Brown, I understand that discretion is a worthy trait, but now is not the time for it. I would like your observations. <sighs> yes, I quite understand, sir. As I said, I didn't know all the particulars, but they have both been in a terrible state of nervous strain. Mrs. Lettering has gotten herself into the most incredible state. Not that I blame her, of course. Someone is obviously playing very nasty tricks. Breaking her window and such. Being in a small village as we are, everyone knows something is going on. Apparently not all the staff are as discreet as you. Unfortunately not, sir. I'm positive the wretches glue their ear to doors. Of course, as nobody really knows the full truth, there are lots of half-baked rumours. Such as? Well, not of course that I go in for gossip. Of course not. But I have overheard things. That the house is cursed, that Mrs. Lettering is going mad. I see. Is that what you believe is happening? I'm certainly not saying I believe the house is cursed. But I must say, something very odd is going on. The master disappearing, and the mistress on the edge of a nervous breakdown. There does seem to be something very wrong here. I trust I can take you into my confidence. Oh, of course, sir. I believe that Mrs. Lettering is in the gravest danger. So I am entrusting her safety to you. Keep a close watch and let me know immediately if anything out of the ordinary occurs. Danger? What kind of danger? I can't be sure. But I leave her in your capable hands. I will do everything I can, sir. I don't think anyone can get into the house if that's what you're worrying about. I don't doubt it. I will be returning to London this evening, but will return tomorrow. I plan to take up residence for the time being, as Mrs. Lettering is in extreme distress. I quite understand, sir. Goodbye, Mrs. Lettering. Don't move, Mrs. Brown. Drop the gun and put your hands in the air immediately. I'm afraid Mrs. Lettering is not here. Your performance, though impeccable as always, is over, Mrs. Brown. Or should I call you Miss Jones? But, Mr. Holmes, what I don't understand is why Mrs. Brown wanted to kill me. And why would she send the letters? The whole thing doesn't make sense. Only when you look at it the way it was designed to be looked at. 
Now, that was part of the point. It was supposed to be strange and unexplainable, like a magician's trick. But what was happening? I don't understand. Prepare yourself for a shock, Mrs. Lettering. It was curious how the letter writer knew all about the details of the dreams. It suggests that only a few people could have written them. It soon became obvious to me that it was your husband himself. Charles? But that's nonsense. Why on earth would he do such a thing? Because of your inheritance. A man from an impoverished family marrying an heiress is leapt to the eye. His disappearance was to ensure he was absent when the crime was committed. But then, presumably, there must be someone else in the house to do the deed. When I met your so-called housekeeper, I knew. But how? I, I never would have suspected her. Because I recognized her. Not as a housekeeper, but for who she was. An actress. A well-known actress, as a matter of fact. Expertly made up, but undoubtedly the same person. Flora Jones. Wait. I remember she was at a party. Coincidentally, she is taking a sabbatical from the stage, supposedly due to her health. But why would she agree? Because she knew your husband long before he met you. When the opportunity presented itself for him to marry a wealthy young woman, they planned this entire charade. In due time, they would murder you and he'd collect the inheritance. Uh, I simply can't believe that, Mr. Holmes. You don't know Charles. I know that at this very moment he is undoubtedly checked to some mental institution due to his dreams. While he established this alibi, Mrs. Brown would murder you and your death would be made to look like a suicide. Would anyone question it? Your husband stirred your imagination to put you in a state of nervous strain. Rumours were circulated how you were on the edge of a nervous breakdown. When your husband vanishes, it pushed you to the breaking point. You shot yourself. Even if someone suspected foul play, your husband was nowhere near here at the time. There wouldn't appear to be the ghost of any other motive. He'd remarkably recover, Mrs. Brown would disappear, he'd collect the inheritance, and in due time marry Flora Jones. I thought the nightmares couldn't get any worse. But if this is true, I'm living in the worst one of all. But there is something to be said about nightmares, and that is that we awake from them as you're sure to do in time. So, Mrs. Hudson, by circulating the false reports of Mrs. Lettering's death in the papers, her husband was drawn into the waiting arms of the police. I never would have guessed it. He seemed scared out of his wits. A performance no doubt garnered with the assistance of Miss Jones, two most cold-blooded villains. It's very fortunate you're around, Mr. Holmes. A more martyr's person would tough that away. But uh, it is quite true, Mrs. Hudson. Fortunate indeed. Thank you for listening to this audio drama production of Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of the Nightmare. This audio play was written by Caleb Bressler and Della Carr. Our cast in order of appearance was Sean Mendham as Charles Lettering, Maddie Albrechts as Mary Lettering, George MacArthur Conroy as Victor, Andrea Richardson as Mrs. Hudson, Caleb Bressler as Sherlock Holmes, Dee Cassillian as Mrs. Brown, and Caleb Bressler as Mr. Standish. Script Consulting by Mulkey. Thanks for listening.